Hey, cutie. Been a while. Not necessarily in the virtual world, but just go with me here. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about best debut albums of the 80s and the 90s. I'd like you to know that this podcast was brought to you by menstruation cycles and people with a strange allergy to extremely good taste. Let's get this started, shall we? Now, many people know that I am a bit of an Anglophile. I really do love my British artists. And we're going to start off with a strong one tonight. Let me serve you some Helen. For la said adu, my Niger princess, Miss Sade. Now, she came out with an album in 84 called Diamond Life, which really foreshadowed her future because... Now, the album's called Glitter Life because she knew that she was going to be foretelling her future. Sweating diamonds, pissing glitter. She knew her life to come. (laughs) What I like about her is that she, it just kind of happened to her. Very relatable. Just kind of all music called onto her. She didn't call onto it. And it therefore led for a very interesting life. So she left fashion design and was also in a group called Pride with her original bandmates from Sade, Paul Cook, Paul Denman, Stuart Matthewman, and they became Sade. And so they took about six weeks to record Diamond Life. And oh man, the, the, the critics, the success, the glamour, the Diamond Life. I mean, what a smooth operating machine that was. And it really led for a certain era of the 80s to be extremely seductive, sexy, British chic. I'm sure you remember those days going into the grocery store, listening to Avalon and going, damn, I'm licking my lips right now. So this is an album from start to finish. It's completely rideable. I call certain records rideable. If you could just ride in your car all the way through and not feel inclined to press that button. No skippage, honey. And this is one of those albums. Some serious classics on it. Things like Smooth Operator, Your Love is King, Hang On to Your Love. I mean, this is full, full, full of smooth jazz classic. But there's some really great renditions of certain songs. I love the record that she did called Why Can't We Live Together, that Timmy Thomas cover. Her rendition of it was immaculate. She really made it her own. A standout track to me on this album is called Cherry Pie. Now, Cherry Pie was phenomenal because of that amazing contrast of everything building up to create a mood. Sade as a whole is very much a mood kind of project. Don't get me wrong, infectious storytelling and all of that stuff too. Believe that. But my God, all of this presentation serves to a beautifully lit, candle-lit mood, honey. That wah-wah guitar playing, that infectious bass, that percussive drum style. Swim into this. Thank you. 
Now, the next record that I'm going to play on that record is called Frankie's First Affair. It's about the demise of a guy who's a good guy, but damn, baby just want to get his dick sucked. You know, nothing wrong with getting a little bit ahead to get ahead, you know? I don't blame the guy. <laughs> Mrs. George Michael. I loved her. I loved every inch of that asshole. I loved all that chest hair. I would definitely have rided that Aladdin's magic carpet ride, honey. I would have swam in her lady pool, honey. But I loved every inch of him. He was Greek. He was British. He was gay. I mean, the guy could do no wrong. He could do no wrong. And he was a pop writing genius. The guy gave us careless whisper at 19 come on now honey get them titties bouncing honey come on but on the real okay let me give you the lowdown okay he was in wham for about five years with his good friend andrew and andrew was merely just a really pretty face the brains the writing the genius it was all michael but the thing is, is that Georgie, he didn't have the confidence to go solo. He really needed a cheerleader by his side on his rise to stardom. And Andrew very much was that for him. And he was honest about knowing what he was. He knew he was merely holding up his sign, even though he didn't write any of the lines. I respected that. But what I respected more was that the guy was extremely generous. He would share a lot of his songwriting credits with Andrew, even though Andrew didn't do shit. He just wanted to make sure that he was financially stable, and I always really respected that. George Mikhail, you a motherfucker's G. You gangster, honey, because you protect your hoes for them not pickpocketing in the streets and shit, dangling their titties for the wrong man. You're a gangster. Respect, George. You see, because a real G takes care of his people, takes care of his own, makes sure that don't nobody fuck with the tribe. Now, speaking of shit that is extremely elegant, let me give you some of the stuff on this record that is just immaculate. 
But before I do that, I want to tell you just how much serious impact this album had. I mean, it was a huge 80s album. Came out in 87 on Columbia. And it took away so many things, honey. Took away Grammys. Took away millions. Took away genital warts. I mean, honey, the impact, honey. He really went from being a boy to being a man. You hear that, honey? No more pre-cum days. No, I'm just kidding. No, but honestly, with records like I Want Your Sex, with Faith, with the black motorcycle-looking type of BDSM gay bear dungeon dragon world that he was starting to live in, he was going places, honey. Places that you not only need ID for, but you might need two thousand dollars in your pocket because some things will be unforgivable that night i mean surely we cannot forget the fact that he was jailed for showing his pee pee to the wrong wee wee yeah love do you remember that did you forget anyways let me give you some of i want your sex did honey you should see me right now i got my bed head hair smoking a cigarette oof oh he really got me all right funny little story time about i want your sex as a kid when i was listening to that i knew it was wrong come on you know you hear the word sex and your whole sphincter clenches so i remember listening to it and i would remix it and I would sing, I want your socks, just so that my family, anybody in the house wouldn't clock it. So, remix, honey, I want your socks. Boop, boop. Anyway, I want your socks. It, it did fairly well in the charts at my house. Uh, but, yeah, just, just a little fun, fun little snippy, fun little story time. Uh, just because, you know, if they only knew that I was in my chopper riding with the Hells Angels, honey. Oh, God. Anyways, while I'm acting like a hooligan here, while I'm acting like a little monkey, uh, why don't I play monkey? Because I'm not going to give you father figure, honey. I'm 
not going to give your damn faith. If y'all wanted faith and father figures, you should just go to church. But I'll take you to church right now. Let's go. Talk about Van Halen's Van Halen. Halen from California. These fools did not start lightly, did they? It wasn't a gentle push. It was a kick down the door, wasn't it? Discovered by Gene Simmons, they recorded their demos uh, with, with his financial aid. But unfortunately, not really anybody was kind of seeing it or doing anything with it so they had to wait until gene came back from tour and when he came back he was really pushing it to labels and they kind of made it happen darling didn't they didn't they just a little band called Halen, van Halen. anyway what a fucking smash of an album isn't it so many records on that that are just heavy hitters that's another rideable album you got tracks like eruption honey you got tracks like You Really Got Me, honey, even though that's a cover, but still. You got tracks like Ain't Talking About Love. Jamie's Crying. Come on, man. Are you feeling me right now? Yeah! You know you are. Because ain't nobody got Diamond Dave energy, honey. That's some Diamond Dave shit. Speaking of Diamond, that record did actually hit Diamond. I think it did sell over 10 million copies. And actually... I want to talk to you about Eruption because it really did erupt everything for me. That style of guitar playing that Nettie Van fucking Halen played was really unique. Just like at Hendrix, they kind of just taught themselves their own thing. And thank God they did because we wouldn't have got a track like this. <laughs> PDA, real true rebels. Gotta love the Sunset Strip at this time. It was truly a wild time to be out there. Magnetic bands running around like regular pedestrians eating bananas in the corner. Love it. Anyway, I'm gonna play you another one here called Atomic Punk. <laughs> <laughs> 
and the vocals on this is so divine. Oh! climbing kind of racket my god anyways on to another really high energy group that i loved even both eras paul diano and bruce dickinson era this is iron maiden a band obviously notorious in britain and this first debut album of theirs came out in 1980 on emi and it was recorded in like 13 days and honestly, the thing about them was that they were a very word-of-mouth kind of band. They used to play the Soundhouse, Heavy Metal Soundhouse, which is a kind of iconic place to play. And honestly, the Soundhouse tapes, the Maiden Soundhouse tapes, if anybody owns that and is, you know, feeling a little generous or would like to sell it to me for not an arm and a leg and an organ, do let me know because I've always been wanting... That, that is definitely a metal grail of mine, the Soundhouse tapes. But, alas, the debut Maiden album. And the thing about this al album, and not only the album, but the band, was that they had a really strong sonic template, really strong vision. And that was all due to the mastermind that is Steve Harris, a man that just... Strong, strong, strong headspace for knowing what he wanted. He even kicked out a band member just because he wanted him to play his bass with a pick and not his fingers. I mean, the guy knew what he wanted. And if you didn't understand it or get it, next. That's a band that went through so many band members. They went through band members like they went through a public washroom in a rock concert. Honey. Oof. But here's the thing. I love a man who is, or a man or woman who is in a project and somebody who really knows their vision and knows what they want and they make sure everybody involved understands what the execution needs to be. Somebody like Riza from Wu-Tang Clan also understood that and made sure everybody kind of walked in line so that everything is incredibly cohesive. I'll play you a record that showcases not only the musical capability but the kind of high energy that would have been welcomed in the rooms at that time heavy heavy punk ethos this record's called running free and believe me all the women definitely ran free that was a total testosterone room at that time i've seen the pictures i've seen the footage all the receipts are there honey every cent 
How are you guys still listening to this? Oh my god, I lost every subscriber right now. record here called Remember Tomorrow, because I could play you Phantom of the Opera. Like I said, I could play you Transylvania. I could give you all of the A-sides, but I want to give you some deeper cuts that really deeply cut into me. Things that I think have real meaning still left on this record. Touched me, soothed me, sealed the deal, honey. And one of the tracks on this album that sealed the deal for me was a track called Remember Tomorrow. Seeing a band like this, being able to take it down like this and still make it exquisite made me want to sad and sip and I don't know where I'm going with this, darling. But what I do know is that I would love to give you a little listen. for the pretenders and ain't no pretending that i love these fools chrissy hein genius i love you baby anyway sire records seymour stein here we go again we love you but came out in 1980 the pretenders debut album combination of punk rock pop pussy sweat i mean this is it's got it, honey. It's got it. I still find it funny that Nick Lowe worked on a single for theirs and decided not to work with them anymore because he thought they weren't going anywhere. 
Look at you, Nick. Don't you look like the dunce right now? Anyway, let me give you a little bit of a sample on what to expect. There's a specific song on this album called Tattoo Love Boys that won me over. And I'm a huge X-Files fan too. And I remember hearing it on X-Files and going, oh, 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 hello, stranger, soon to be my friend. How are you? We shook hands. We did the tea. We did all of it. Anyway, Tattooed Love Boys, it's got such great lyrical writing. And it it's so proto bands like No Doubt and all of that. I mean, you can hear the, the, the grandmothering that she did on people like Gwen Stefani and all that. But anyways, do dive into what I'm about to tell you because I really love this record for this one particular line. It really hook line and sunk me in and she said i shot my mouth off and you showed me what the hole was for still to this day i'm thinking who's she singing that about you filthy bitch you're gonna be my friend one day i can feel it <laughs> anyway i uh i love that record i'm gonna give you a little bit of a taste but i didn't mean it but you messed with the good stuff gotta pay yeah a good time was teeth one and all the tattoos target practice in the hall while waiting for their number to get called out I, 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 I found out what the way was about I was a good time yeah I got pretty good Changing tires Upstairs, bro I shot my mouth off And you showed me what that hole's for Now baby because you know it's time for mr bootsy the funkadelic bootsy collins now this is a character honey that needs no explanation only demonstration and mr bootsy we salute you brother i love you baby this is a man who everything he touched turned to gold Anything he touched sparkled. He dropped a record, his solo record, in 1980. And not with his rubber band, because I love all that rubber band stuff. But he just did his own thing. Which is not really on his own. I mean, he had his brother on it. George Clinton, too, was producing it. So, not too, shall we say, 
unfamiliar in terms of the environmental surroundings. To be very white and presidential about it. He even had Fred Wellesley playing on that. Oh, he know what he doing. Connecting all those dots because he's Mr. Starman, honey. Anyways, while we're on his Milky Way. Oh, honey, you filthy, you filthy. Hold on. See your faces already. Listen, I'm going to play you a record called Fat Cat. And no, we're not talking about fat upper pussy area, fupa. We are talking about being a fat cat. Taking up the block because of your mass, your volume. you a total fantasy right now okay you're in california winds blowing in your hair you're in that 1950s thunderbird honey you're just and hold on a second she's got some hydraulics too that's that's the trick she's a little bit of a remix that one now picture her picture you and picture this I won't be on the unenjoyment line 
You hearing these ass cheeks clapping? Oof. Come on, hey, Mr. Funkadelic. Thank you. We love you, baby. Now, the time has come for me to run alone. I can feel my heart demolishing already. Anyway, the show has been sponsored by low white blood cells and uh, questionable morality. So, see y'all soon.